This is a production of the Z Talk Radio Network. The views expressed and opinions given by the individual hosts and their guests do not necessarily reflect those of Z Talk Radio, its affiliates, or sponsors. Wow. It's dark. Well, let's have some light on the subject. Put on your critical thinking caps and please refrain from hugging. It's time for Dimland Radio with your host, Jim Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. Hello and welcome to Dimland Radio on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. Remember, I'm not really a doctor. I just play doctor online, and I'm going to need a doctor <laughs> soon. Uh, I've, I've, uh, boy, I've had uh, a particular foot pain. Is that a good way to say it? I've had this particular kind of foot pain for, I, it's got to be three months at least, maybe a little more. Uh, it's, I, it's my left foot, not the movie. The, the, the appendage at the bottom of my leg. Uh, it's my, my left foot. Is it foot an appendage? Anyway, it's the my left foot, right? It's been hurting. Now, um, uh, I've had this kind of pain in the foot before, so the doctor will say, well, you've got it again. Uh, I, I've had it, I mean, years ago, I noticed this, this, this odd pain in my foot. Um, it, uh, I would notice it mainly when getting up in the morning and getting up and walking around. Or, or getting up from having been sitting for a while and walking around, that it hurts at first. And then as you walk around for a little bit, it doesn't hurt so much. And, and, it, and it, I just noticed that that was happening, and it was weird, and I didn't really think much of it, but uh, other than that's weird. And I, I think it so happened that I had like my, my yearly physical set up, and, uh, and I mentioned it to the doctor. and He said, oh, that's, uh, that's plantar fasciitis. And I said, oh, okay, what's that? And that's, well, there's this, this thing on your bottom of your foot called the plantar or whatever. And it's a, I don't know if it's a muscle or a tendon or some connecting thing from the heel of your foot to the front part of your foot. And it can get injured in some way and it, it we're, we're, will constrict. It, it, it kind of tightens up. And so, and so when you first start walking on it, it hurts. And the pain starts at like the... The front of the heel, you know, you got that the, the ball that is your heel at the back of your foot, the part that's uh, closest to the arch of your foot, if you have nice arches, and I have fairly decent ones, if I say so myself. Anyway, uh, it, it starts there, and it kind of goes through the rest of the foot toward the front, but then the rest of the heel can hurt too, and it and it's 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 weird, but it's what it's happening is that uh, you're you're stretching it out, and that's causing that pain, and then after you've walked around for a little while, you've stretched it a bit. And the pain lessens. Doesn't necessarily go away, but it lessens. And that's why you know it's in the morning. It's it's worse because you've been off your foot, and that 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 the plantar, whatever that is, uh, tightens up. And and you know, and or if you've been sitting for a while, it can tighten up. 
Yeah, and so he just gave me some stretches I can do with my foot, you know, just ways to stretch it out, and I did that, and it got better, and I moved on with my life, and I think I've had it happen another once or twice since then, and this was years ago. This was uh, early 2000s when it first happened, and then um, like three months ago, maybe a little more, I, I, it's, it's, it's hard to remember, it started happening again. Ah, crap, I got it again. So I started doing the stretches and, and things that I needed to do. And, and, and it it never really got better. Uh, I mean, it would improve for a bit. See, the reason why I didn't go to the doctor for a long time is that it would improve enough that I thought, oh, I'm, I'm, it's, mo it's working its way out. It'll, it'll get better. I'll be okay. And then something happens, and I, it gets bad again. And I think part of why it gets bad again is that every Saturday I work at the comic book store and I stand on my feet for like six hours and I don't know how people stand on their feet all day long. <laughs> at the shop that I work at, the silk screen shop, there are printers in there that and, and the folders, the guys that work in the shop, they're on their feet all day long. I don't know how they do it, but they do. Uh, and just one day a week I'm on my feet and I think that irritates my foot and, and then I start hobbling again and all this kind of stuff. But So that's been going on. And then, uh, let's see, uh, at some point along the line I thought, well, let's pick up some of those Dr. Scholl insole things and they have some uh, where it, they're made specifically for plantar fasciitis, and so I go ahead and I, I, I got them for I two pairs of shoes that I wear, and so I got, you know, two sets, and I put them in the shoes, and they're softer, they kind of, I don't know, they seem to give decent support or whatever, but I have, but that, I think, led to this other problem I've got now, which I think I've got an ingrown toenail <laughs> on that same foot. It, 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 I, I, I think um, it's, see, I get these kinds of shoes uh, that they're, they're just you just slip them, slip them on. You know, there's they're loafer types, but I guess, but they're more like tennis shoes, sort of loafer type things. I don't know. And and then I have the kind that you tie, you know, have that. But I would wear the slip-on ones mostly because they're just easier and I like them and they're comfortable for the most part. But I, I went with a smaller than I would normally go size with them because. Uh, it, it, they just they, because they, they slip onto the feet, they feel like they're going to slip right off. So I went I went with a smaller size than I would normally go with, and then I put this insole in it. After a while, I put that insole in, and I think that crams my toes toward the front of that, that of those shoes, and I think that's what's been uh, causing the problem. And maybe I don't know. Who knows why ingrown toenails happen? Uh, but you know, so I've stopped wearing those shoes. I wear slippers at work. <laughs> now it's winter. I wear my my boots mostly, uh, and the boots give plenty of room for my toes. So they don't. So this this big toe on the left foot, which is hurt, and so you, so I got the the bottom part, the heel and all that hurting, and then I get the toe that's hurting, and it's just it's just uh, I'm I'm Mr. Hobble now. So uh, I finally, finally, finally. After saying, uh, I'll, I'll, I got to call the doctor, I got to call the doctor, I finally call in and I wanted to go see my regular doctor, which I haven't seen yet. 
I haven't seen my regular doctor yet. I had a nurse practitioner for a few years. She's moved on to a different clinic, and she suggested this particular doctor that's at the clinic that I go to. She says, I think he might be a good fit for you. So, okay, fine, I'll use that guy. But I haven't been to him yet. I haven't met him yet. So I thought, well, here we go. We're going to meet him. He's going to get to see my feet. But the appointment-taking person suggested that, you know, maybe you should just see a podiatrist, somebody that works with feet, rather than... And I thought, you know, you're right. Because if I go to my regular doctor, he's going to check things out. He says, you know what? I think you should go see a podiatrist. So why? So let's skip that step. And let's just go, okay. So, great. When can I get an appointment? December 2nd. So I'm 13 days away from being able to see a doctor about what's going on with my foot. So that'll be like four months of having this pain. Or, or somewhere around there of having foot problems. But, uh, well, you know, if I'd have gotten at it earlier, you know, so I can blame myself. But I, I tell you, it's just, you know, just the other day, just yesterday at work, uh, I, I decided I was going to walk somewhere. This is a five-block walk to get to this place to get some lunch and pick it up. I walked down there, got it, and walked back to have the lunch at work. And that was probably not a good idea because <laughs> my foot, I was, I was hobbling on the way back it was just it just maybe not as i don't know if it looked as bad to people who are just watching me walk which i don't know why these people do that but they do they all just gather around to watch me walk i don't know why anyway and i'm lying uh and it, it, nobody pays attention i don't know if it looked as bad as it felt like it was, <laughs> i looked while i was walking but my goodness and then you know through the rest of the day it just was i'd get up from my desk and i can't move around my uh, office mate said well, your foot's really bothering me, ain't it? Or something like that. And I said, God, yeah, God, it hurts. He said, man, you really are limping. <laughs> and I said, yep. But, hey, then it was 14 days till I get to see a doctor about my foot. I'll, I'll let you know what's going on. Um, I did have, and this is kind of, this branches me into some skepticism here. And I know what I seem like to people. To people who aren't skeptics. Uh, or aren't as skeptical as I would like them to be. They're, they're, everybody's a little skeptical of something. You know, everybody has some skepticism in them, but uh, I think they don't have enough. You know, in general, the general public needs to be much more skeptical than they are. But there's a, a, a person I work with said, now I know you're not maybe, you know, you don't believe in this kind of thing, but I'm, I'll tell you, so a friend of mine, uh, they had the... Uh, the, the plantar fasciitis, fasciitis thing, and it was bad. And they tried all kinds of stuff. They went to doctors and they tried all kinds of stuff, and nothing worked until they tried acupuncture. And I just, I gave her the, yeah, okay. Yeah. I said, I know, I'm just telling you. She says, I just, I know, I'm just telling you. And I said, I, okay, thanks, but, you know, and I did to her, I did, I did say to her, I says, you know, plantar fasciitis can go away on its own. It just it can work itself out and 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 get better on its own. I wasn't quite completing the thought that I was trying that I was subtly trying to convey in that, you know, yeah, she did all this other this or he I don't know the gender of the person. They did whatever they did, uh, followed whatever doctor's advice, took whatever pills, took whatever shots or or whatever they did, and none of that seemed to work. And then they did this acupuncture thing, and that made it go away. And that's that, you know, that's that uh, post hoc reasoning, uh, you know, uh, 
this you know if this happened after this so therefore this was the reason it happened what that's that's a bad way to say it b happened after a therefore a caused b but not necessarily uh, b could have just you know uh, i mean it could it could have happened just because the body took care of itself it worked it out because plantar fasciitis can go away on its own and I'm sure the person was doing other things like stretching their feet and wearing insoles and doing that kind of stuff along with the acupuncture. So saying that that was what did it, I doubt it because acupuncture doesn't work. And I, and I go back in the office and my office mate, you know, I just says, ah, you know, they're suggesting, you know, suggesting acupuncture. Says, well, you know, it doesn't work. Well, you know, I says, it, science tells us it doesn't work. Well, I, it doesn't matter where you put the needles. It doesn't matter if you put the needles. It's no, the results are no better than placebo. They've, they've, there's been studies done where they do this sham acupuncture, where um, uh, the 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 acupuncture acupuncture needles are in these little sheaths, this little device, this little sheath that hides whether or not the needle is actually going into the skin. Apparently, it still feels like it is, I guess, but the people. You know, they, they split up the groups that they're testing. They don't know whether or not they're getting the needle. And the people doing the acupuncture, they don't know whether or not they're giving the needle. It's, it's you know, that's what they do. They can't tell with uh, with this, this, this device that they put the needle in where it, they can't tell if they, because it's hidden. Does the needle go in? Does the needle not go in? So they've done studies on that. They've, 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 you know, double blind and all that. And it turns out that the people that, that got the needle and the people that didn't got, didn't got the needle, they both ended up having about the same results. It, 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 it and it was just no better than placebo. It's just, it's, 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 so it's, it doesn't do anything. And then they also tested you know, like I said, it doesn't matter where you put the needle because the the ancient, I put in quotes, uh, practice of acupuncture is like there's all these meridian lines on your body. There's all these little pot, it's meridian points or whatever they call them on, on your body. That That's where you put the needles. But it doesn't matter where you put the needles. They, 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 oh, they, they would do it following those mapped out needle points and they would do test it without following, the, you know, just putting the needle in any old place. And again, the people that got the needles in any old place and the people that got the needles in the actual spots and the people that didn't get the needles, they all had essentially the same results, which was no better than placebo. It doesn't work. So, you know, and I, I know how I seem to them because I, 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 I wish I was uh, uh, you know, well-versed enough to be able to throw out this study here and this study done in this year and this study done with how many people have all that at my at my hand at fingertips but you know who's got the time to figure all this stuff out what i do is i refer to websites such as science-based medicine which is a group of doctors and scientists that that write articles or blogs on that site that they examine claims they look at the evidence they check the studies they give the information about what works what doesn't work and all this kind of stuff. That's science-based medicine. Just go to that website. Read the stuff that's on there. Do a search for acupuncture and see what the articles tell you about acupuncture. 
and I find I, I think they are a reliable source. I also as a as a as a as a more shorthand or as a more general skepticism thing, I've mentioned this podcast many times on the show. The Skeptic's Guide to the Universe is an awesome source for skepticism. They give you information, they link to stuff, they do all that. It's hosted by Dr. Steve Novella, who is one of the guys who founded the Science Based Medicine uh, uh, blog site. Uh, he's one of the guys that got it going. And the reason they call it Science Based Medicine rather than evidence-based medicine is that it's more specific because anecdotes are evidence not good evidence but they're evidence it worked for me is evidence it's not good evidence but it's evidence so they want it, they want it to be this is evidence that was that's that's tested it's falsifiable it's replicable it's it you can you you know it, it follows the rigors of the scientific method and even though that may not be the perfect method to find the truth, it's the best method we've got. And you know, and I'll and I and I often do this on the show. I often say this, and it's 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 the same thing over. And I, you know, I I haven't whipped it out at uh, anybody at work yet, but just when I looked at him, you know, look at him and say, you know, what Tim Minchin had said, you know, throughout history. Every mystery ever solved has turned out to be not magic. If the answer is never magic, it's never magic. For the longest time, when people didn't know how to explain what's going on in the world, they attributed to things as being magical. That it was magic that caused it. But once science was figured out, the method was figured out, and people started to study these things and look at it in a methodical way, they began to explain those things that were attributed to magic, and it was never magic. Never. It's never magic. So it's just, and magic is just is not part of science. It's just, it's not. It doesn't because it, 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 it's just, it's, it's antithetical to science. And it, it's so, it's just the answer is likely to never be. Science. I won't say absolutely 100%, but it's never going to be science or magic. It's never going to be magic. The answer is never going to be magic. So, anyway, and I know how I sound to them. I sound like I'm closed-minded, like I don't care. It's like I'm dismissing out of hand. I'm not. I've thought about this stuff. I've learned about this stuff. I just don't have all the resources to just throw out, you know, to barf out at people. So, here. But I should say, this is the website you should be checking out. And I know that, I mean, and, and it's actually a good one to check out. There's, there's those people that do their own research and tell you to do your own research. And that means watch the YouTube videos I watch. But there are YouTube videos that you can watch that are legitimate, that are, that, that give proper information, that give uh, source-cited information. There are podcasts you can listen that do that. There are uh, 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 websites and blogs that do that. You just have to vet them properly. And I, I've never been let down by the Skeptic's Guide to the Universe. I've never been let down by science-based medicine. They've, they've, they've kept, the, you know, if, if, they have, if they make mistakes, podcasts like Skeptoid, uh, run by Brian Dunning, makes any, any mistakes made, it's turned out that they, they they check it out. Somebody says, "Oh, I think you made a mistake here. It's not, you're not right here." Looks into it, finds out, "Hey, did make a mistake." They correct it. They change the point of view. When the evidence points a different direction, they change the direction. 
they just you know with with when presented with new evidence better evidence evidence that's that that uh, uh, that accounts for all of the variables that the the old theory might have had the old idea might have had but but explains it even better and accounts for things the old theory didn't account for explains things that that didn't explain you change so okay it's not always easy because we're human and we might want to hold on to the one thing a little more but you go with the science you go with the evidence go with where that tells you to go so i'm going to go to a podiatrist and if they ask tell me to go to you know, you know you can get these insoles made at good feet at the good feet stores i'm gonna say ah geez i don't know about good feet and they'll ask why. And I'll say, years ago, I saw an infomercial for the Goodfeet stores. And they were using applied kinesiology to sell their insoles. Now, what's applied kinesiology? Well, I'll get to that once I get done with this my first break. I'll go give a little talk about that uh, when I get back. You're listening to Dimland Radio on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim, Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. I shall return. I wanted you. And I was looking for you. Hey, this is Danny Potts from the Kentucky Ghost Chasers, and you're listening to Z Talk Radio. Don't just take my word for it, but you are listening to Dimland Radio on Z Talk Radio Network. Do you believe in ghosts? Do you think Bigfoot is real? Do you suspect that your neighbor is really Val Tor, leader of the lizard people of Bendar 3? Well, Dr. Dim doesn't, and he'll tell you why when you tune in to Dimland Radio Saturday nights, 11 Central, midnight Eastern on Talk Radio Network. It's an hour of science promotion, pop culture rants, personal observation, and of course, skepticism. Join Jim, Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons, Saturday nights, 11 Central, midnight Eastern, for Dimland Radio on Talk Radio Network. that beats all the competition and we'll prove it as soon as we hear any competition you're listening to z-talk radio network Welcome back to Dimland Radio here in the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim, Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. Okay, applied kinesiology. Uh, I was talking about that. Now, years ago, and I've talked about this on the show years ago, uh, it, it, the Good Feet stores, uh, they had this infomercial on there, which I believe featured Emmett Smith. I think that's the, the former football player that they had on there. It was Emmett Smith, I'm pretty sure. And there was another guy, and there was a gal in a lab coat. And, and they were testing out these uh, insoles that were made specifically for Emmett Smith. Made specifically for him. And they're just sitting there on the floor. And so, so what they did was, before, uh, before uh, they brought the insoles into the equation, uh, 
they had uh, Emmett uh, do things, things like, you know, stand on the uh, on one foot and hold your arms out to your side and see how your balance is. Or they had them do that where the person pushes down on their arm, right? They push down, and they and Emmett comes off of balance pretty easily. You know, oh, okay, so look how easy that was. Okay, and then they would have this turn to the side, see how far you can go. Oh, this is as far as I can go. Okay, and then they say, okay, step onto these to these insoles. Right then, then they did the okay. Turn to the side, see how far I can go. Come on, you get in the and they go more. Ooh, they go more. And then, and then they have uh, 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 they do the arm pushing down thing. Put your arms aside. They push their arm down that thing, and he's solid as a rock. He won't fall over. Now you can say, okay, what he's doing is just exacting, right? You can say that, but no, it's not exactly that. It's not. It, it's it's that's a possibility. But what it's more likely is. Is when when they have you stand, you know, put your feet, you know, shoulder width or whatever, and and then uh, turn to the side, see how far you can go. Okay, and and then you you just kind of do your turn, and you go so far, right? And most people will stop once they get enough resistance. Just ah, uh, it's enough resistance. But even at that point, they could still go a little more. So when they've got the authority, somebody standing in a lab coat saying, "Give me a little more." Now that you've got this crystal, I put this. I've inserted this this special crystal up your anus, so now you could be. You should be able to be more flexible. You can turn even more. Well, they probably could have anyway. And then the balance thing, when they do that, what they're doing is, the the person in the lab coat, you know, again they insert the. Uh, well, in this case, they had Emmett Smith stand on the insoles, but in other cases, they might insert a crystal in somebody's butt or do whatever, you know, just put a chicken around their neck or something, you know, whatever. And 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 they'll and they say, okay, now, now, when, uh, uh, you know, when they do the press down on the arm without the crystal up the butt, uh, they come off balance. But then when they do it with the crystal in there, they're solid as a rock. Their balance is great. Well, that's because the first time they push down their arm, they're doing just this very subtle push down and pull away from the person that they're testing they're, that person's center of gravity they're doing it just a, just a, it's very subtle and they pull they pull away from the, the the center of gravity so the person loses their balance it's easier to lose your balance that way but when they do it the other time they push down and they push toward the person's center of gravity and they do that and that's it makes it easier for the person to stay on on, on balance so it's just this little nonsense so if <laughs> It comes up when I see the podiatrist say, well, you know, I can send you to the good feet store and they can make some of these insoles for you. I'll just say, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I want to buy it because they use bullshit to, se to sell their wares, which might actually work, but why are you using bullshit? I don't know if they still do that. I haven't seen the infomercial for a long time. Oh, another thing about that particular one, if I remember correctly, you know, Emmett Smith stands on the insoles that were made for him, and he's uh, he's got this great balance, and everything's great, and he doesn't fall over, and all this stuff. And the other person that's with him says, "Oh, let me try that." And the lab coat person says, "Oh, no, no, those were designed specifically for Emmett Smith. Oh, so those won't work for you, because we'll have to design yours specifically for you." And I just watched that. I went, "Bullshit." So. Speaking of sports, football, I do this once in a while.
yeah, I, I, I talk about sports here and there, and I know it's the sports ballers that listen to my show get a little uh, okay. Start scroll, let's start pat, you know fast forward. Let's get through this because we don't care about sports. Well, you know, it's my show. Some people don't care about me talking about the uh, skepticism stuff. They don't want to hear that. So what are you gonna do? Can't please everyone. Anyway. Um, well, actually, the World Series is over. Baseball is gone. Oh, I miss baseball. <laughs> I miss baseball so much. It's just, it's when it's there, yeah, I may not be watching every game or every game that I'm able to watch. I may not be doing that, but I, it's or listening to them on the radio all the time. But it's just knowing it's there. It's just this wonderful thing about that baseball is there. World Series happened. I talked about it a little bit ago before, you know, before it was concluded. And I was saying, I, yeah, I, I was rooting for the Philadelphia Phillies. They didn't make it. They, they, they won two of the games. It went six games. The Houston Astros, who are formerly known as the Houston Cheaters, I don't know if they're still cheaters. I'm sure they're not still cheaters. I feel good for the manager, Dusty Baker. He was brought in after the cheating scandal that the Astros uh, had happened. And he was brought in to sort of to help rehabilitate the team, its image, because Dusty Baker is a well-respected man in baseball. And I don't think he's won a World Series and now he's, I mean, at least not as a manager. I think he has as a player. But uh, he's he has got that, and I felt good about that. But I'm still a little, there's still like five players on the team that were on the cheating team in 2017 and 2018. So it's its just, uh, you know. Eh. But it was an entertaining World Series. I wish the Phillies would have done a little bit better. It, it was interesting. The interesting point, at least, for, you know, that about this particular series was that Game 3 was a complete shelling of the Astros by the Phillies. Just the, the, the Astros were shut out. No scores. And the uh, the Phillies uh, you know, won the game seven to nothing, and they scored all of their runs by home runs. It, it was just it was unbelievable <laughs> just to watch that stuff happen. So oh, there's not uh, two of the home runs were two run shots because there was a guy on base that walked or something or got a hit. But uh, um, yeah, so they went. And then the next game, the Astros come back and throw a combined no hitter, which. I man, I'm not sure how uh, uh, how much I like the idea of a combined no hitter. Now, what is that? That that is, uh, you get the starting pitcher. He pitches through I don't know, six innings, doesn't give up any hits. Uh, he walked a couple of guys, but no hits. And then they bring in the, the relief guys. I think there were three relief pitchers brought in. Uh, you know, not at the same time. And each of them got through their bit of the game without giving up a hit. So the four pitchers that pitched that game, I think it was four, gave, did not give up a hit. None of them gave up a hit. So it's a combined no-hitter. Now, no-hitters uh, that don't get the combined uh, uh, um, descriptor put in front of it, when they just say a no-hitter, that means the guy who started the game, pitched the entire game, nine innings, did not give up a hit. Uh, they, this reminds me of when George Robb uh, on his uh, podcast, the Geologic Podcast. He did these. Uh, he has this segment called uh, uh, "Things That Are Stupid" or something like that. Yeah. 
and it's stupid stupid things about and he said and he and he did this he said baseball he brought up baseball what's stupid about baseball you can pitch a perfect game and still lose and i sent him a message and i said no you can't you cannot lose a perfect game you can lose a no hitter but you can't lose a perfect game this is the, the there's no 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 hitter of the other team reached base. They didn't reach base because of a hit, because of a, a, a walk, because they got hit by the pitch, or because of an error. There's nothing. No runners made it onto the bases. And there's no way you can score any runs. There's, there's no way that you will lose that game. If, let's say, the, game, the pitcher throws a perfect game, and I don't know if it goes down as a perfect game, if it stays scoreless between the two teams, all through the nine innings and they go into extra innings and they take the pitcher who started the game out and they bring in a relief pitcher and that relief pitcher gives up a run and they lose the game, that's not considered a perfect game. And besides, the pitcher does you know that through the perfect game through then, uh, he gets a, he gets a no decision. Because he left with no score, he doesn't get the win or the loss. I, it's just a no hitter. Yes, a no hitter. You can get, uh, you can lose that game. That's how I explained that to Gio, and he wrote back to me, "Oh, you're right. I knew it was one or the other." And and then he replayed that bit sometime later, and he didn't change it. <laughs> he still had you could throw a perfect game and still lose. No, you can't. Anyway, you can't lose it. Because you, like I said, if you go through nine innings, game's still not no score in the game, and then you go, you know, they, so you can't pitch anymore. You know, you've done nine innings. You're, I'm sitting you down. I'm putting in a relief pitcher for to pitch the tenth, and that bat pitcher, throw, you know, loses the game. Well, the loss is his. Is the relief pitcher that he gets credit for the loss? The the starting pitcher who pitched the perfect game through nine innings gets a no decision, so you can't lose. Now, how do you lose a no-hitter? You lose a no-hitter by, okay, you walk the guy. You walk the bases loaded. right? There was two, you got two guys out, but then you you walk the next three batters. The bases are loaded. And then uh, um, oh, you, you get to, you get one out. You, you, that's, you get one out. You walk the bases loaded. Hitter knocks the ball way out, into, uh, hits the ball way out to center field, but it's caught. But the runner on third base is able to tag up, you know, retouch the base, and run to home and score the run. You know, so there's two outs now, and then the pitcher gets a third out, and they get out of the inning with one run having been scored without any hits being done. And then the rest of the game, nobody scores. It ends up being one to nothing. Yes, you, the pitcher goes the whole game, never gives up another hit, or never gives up a hit the whole game, doesn't walk anybody else, it just sails through the rest of the game, and it ends up a one to nothing loss for the guy who, you know, gave up those walks and gave up a sacrifice fly. Yet that's how you can lose a no hitter. Anyway, <laughs> so the World Series is over. The Astros won. Eh, I really wish the Phillies would have won. I'm not sure if I'm. I, I, part of me, the old part of me, uh, the old school type part of me thinks that a complete game, a no-hitter pitched by one pitcher is more impressive than an, uh, a combined no-hitter pitched by 
two, three, four pitchers. Yeah, I, I just I don't find that as as impressive. It's still impressive, and it was still an an interesting uh, and uh, um, response to having been shut out the game before, being shelled with home runs. To the next game, your team doesn't give up any hits. It's you know that's impressive. Football. Uh, the craziest game happened last Sunday. It was it was between the Minnesota Vikings and the Buffalo Bills. The Buffalo Bills, as the season began and the first part of the season was happening, they they were really being talked about. This is the team, at least for the American Football Conference, the AFC, to make it to the Super Bowl. They were Super Bowl contenders, and they still are. Still a really good team, really good quarterback. Really, the quarterback does some dumb things once in a while, but... Yeah. And the Vikings are this scrappy, never say die team. They've only they're they're eight and one now. The one game they lost was to Philadelphia. Uh, they the they they've won seven games in a row since that loss. The first the the, the first game they won the season was against the Green Bay Packers, uh, division rival, and they just blew them away. But all the rest of the games that the Vikings won have been. Hard fought, looked like they were going to lose. Uh, six of them, I think, now were come from behind wins. It's just where in the fourth quarter somehow the Vikings get it together and eke and eke out a win, either in regulation or in overtime. It's just it's been it's it's astounding. Uh, again, I'm not I'm still not on the bandwagon for the Vikings winning a World Series. Still not on the bandwagon. Uh, because, uh, you know, they've lost so much. <laughs> they've let they've disappointed their fans so many times over the years. It's just to get on the bandwagon. I can't do it. But I find this interesting, and and the the lucky breaks are falling the way of the Vikings here and there, much more than they would have in in the old days. They would just lose those games. They give up on them, or they. they but th- th- this team this year, down twenty-seven to ten, in the in the fourth quarter, and then Dalvin Cook. So here's it's just uh, just some just highlights of the game. Dalvin Cook runs off uh, like an eighty-yard, eighty-one-yard touchdown, uh, which brought them back into the game. All right. So then, uh, but there was also things like. Uh, uh, Josh Allen, that's the quarterback for the, the Buffalo Bills. He throws two interceptions that were caught in the end zone. See, he was going for a touchdown, and the Vikings, the same player, Peterson, I think is his name, uh, the same player makes the interception for the Vikings, and, and it just kills, one, it kills a scoring drive, and the other one sealed the win for the Vikings in overtime. Astounding. Kind of dumb plays on, on Josh Allen's part, but hey, you know, the Vikings were flummoxing him a little bit, and then and then sometimes not. It's just it was weird. The the, the let's see what else. Uh, the Vikings were they, they they scored a touchdown that would have brought that would have if they got the extra point got them three points behind. You know, it would have been twenty seven to twenty four. Uh, with the with the Bills having the lead, that gives us at least you know two options 
gives the Vikings two options. They can get a field goal or a, or a touchdown, but they don't have to go for the touchdown. They can, they have that field goal possibility, which would tie the game. And it was getting toward the end of the game. So that's, that's their, their option, right? But they missed the point after. So now if the Vikings get the ball back, they have to score a touchdown because it's getting to the end. They have to go for that. Otherwise, the, uh, if, if uh, the Bills get the ball back, they can just run out the clock. So the Vikings, they, they managed to get right down there at the end zone within an inch from the, from the, from the end zone line you know, to, 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 catch, to get the touchdown. An inch, and they couldn't punch it in for the score. So what happens? It goes over on downs. They get four downs in order to get a first down. They went for it on fourth down. Usually you punt or they, they, they can't kick a field goal because that ain't going to work. They're down four points. They, the field goal is only worth three. So they, you know, they have to go for it on first down, and they couldn't get it in the end zone. So the ball goes over to the other team from that spot. And what happened? Josh Allen fumbles the ball in the end zone, and a Viking falls on it, and it goes as a touchdown. It, it puts the Vikings ahead. They get the point after. They're up 30 to 27. There's still like 40 seconds left in the game, and the the Bills head on down. They get in the field goal range, kick a field goal, tie it up, go into overtime. Ugh, you know. And then in overtime, Vikings get the ball. They win the toss. They get the ball first, and 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 they they get march down the field. They get within two yards, and they can't punch it in for a touchdown. If they had punched it in for a touchdown, the game would have been over. But they couldn't do it, so they get a field goal. That gives the Bills a chance to possess the ball and see if they can score a field goal or a touchdown. They get a touchdown, they win the game, they get a field goal, the game continues. If there's time on the clock. So we couldn't, if the Vikings couldn't punch it in, they go for the field goal, great. Bills get the ball, and they start marching down the field. And stupidly, Josh Allen tries to, to, to go for a touchdown, uh, at, at, at a point in the game, and he does a stupid pass into the end zone, which was intercepted by Peterson, and ended up being, you know, that sealed the game. It was a Vikings ball. It's over. Vikings come from behind when it really woke up the rest of the fans of football and all the football pundits around the country. They're all just looking and saying, uh, this Vikings team, they're relentless was one word. Uh, this is amazing. But the thing I haven't mentioned we have a wide receiver on the Vikings team named Justin Jefferson, and he's awesome. He's probably he's among he's if he's not the best in the league right now, he's like the top in the top two. Uh, another really good receiver plays for the uh, for the Bills. Stefan Diggs used to play for the Vikings. He was part of that Minneapolis miracle where he caught the ball and ran it in for a touchdown. And ended up uh, come from behind win against uh, against uh, New Orleans Saints, but that the next week we got our butts kicked by uh, by the Philadelphia Eagles, and we didn't make it to a Super Bowl again. So anyway, Stefan Diggs earlier in the game he did what they call climbed the ladder, stretched himself up as high as he could go, jumped, stretched, and did a one-handed catch, which was a beautiful thing. Brought it down. He got a first down. He got you know whatever. It was incredible, but not to be outdone, Justin Jefferson, in that trying to get you know get a touchdown to win the game in regulation because they can't get 
a field goal, they have to go for the touchdown. It was fourth and 18. It's desperation time. They have to go for it. They have to, the Vikings. So Peter, uh, Jefferson gets himself down the field. And and uh, what's our quarterback's name? Cousins throws this, this long pass. He just throws it to him says, Okay, Justin, come down with it. <coughs> Excuse me. And he did. But this is how he did it. He jumps up in the air. One hand, gets one hand on the ball, catches it, got the one hand, but at the same time as the Bills defender has two hands on the ball, and they're coming down to the ground, and somehow Justin pulls the ball away from the defender, brings it into himself, you know, into his body, and he never lets the ball touch the ground. It's a catch. Gets the first down, keeps the drive alive. Amazing. People were just absolutely stunned by that by that play. Oh, I think I've gone a little long in this segment, so I'm going to take my next break. You're listening to Dimland Radio on the Z-Talk Radio Network. Uh, sports, uh, one of the local sports uh, guys, uh, Patrick Ricey, said, this is the, he says, don't argue with me. This is the, oh, I think I wrote it down. Uh, the best, uh, best regular season game in uh, the Vikings' 62-year history or so. It's just unbelievable. I didn't get the quote written down. Oh, well. He just he tweeted that out. And, uh, you know, in the last days of Twitter, uh, he was able to uh, tweet out that this was the best regular season game uh, win for the Vikings that he's ever seen. And in their entire history. 62 years. Yeah, amazing. Anyway, you're listening to Dimland Radio on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim, Dr. Jim Fitzsimmons. I'll return after this break. Other guys. The finger. You're listening to Z-Talk Radio Network. Are you looking for a science-based medical podcast to answer all your questions about health? Check out The Body of Evidence. Whether you're curious about the potential benefits of omega-3s or the potential risks of vaping, we take a look at the body of evidence to separate the noise, the hype, the lies from actual scientific rigor. We do it with comedy skits. The only logical thing to do is for me to take off all my clothes and run into the street. No, remember the first rule of podcasting. Always keep your pants on. With jingles. Some are thrilled, some are not. You'll lose that hair if you stop propitia. And by, you know, discussing what the evidence has to say on the topic at hand. Or unless that is a pill. But yeah, it has, it has the side effects of bloating, gas, and greasy stool, which makes it very unpleasant. The Body of Evidence. Find it at bodyofevidence.ca or on your favorite podcast app. The Body of Evidence. Medicine that tastes funny and science made easy. Remember, there's no hugging in the chat room. You're listening to Dimland Radio on Z-Talk Radio Network. You're listening to Z-Talk Radio, the number one choice for music, sports, news, and talk radio. So keep that dial locked. 
to ztalkradio.com. to Dimland Radio here on the Ztalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim, Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. Yeah, you lose. Uh, Fearless Loser has uh, thrown his uh, red hat into the ring again. This time they're... What is it now? This time they're going to make America great and glorious again? God. Well, don't completely dismiss him. We just completely dismissed him in 2015 when he announced, and look where that led us. But this last election, this midterm election, which the House uh, was taken back by the uh, Republicans. They did get a majority, which is very slim, but they have one now. And uh, the the, um, the Democrats retain the Senate and might get a true majority uh, if Warnock can beat the uh, werewolf wannabe. Uh, Herschel Walker, speaking of football, if he can beat him in that runoff on December 6th. Let's hope that, uh, let's hope that that happens, that people in Georgia come through again <laughs> uh, and give the Republican Party a chance to try to figure out what the hell happened to them. It was not a red wave. And it's been fun watching some of the, you know, oh, it's going to be a red wave. And it turned out not to be. I don't want to go over all the stuff I went through last week, but... Um, the uh, with with fearless loser giving his long boring uh, you know I'm running again speech where he just played all his hits election was stolen and all this shit let's hope that Ron, he and Ron DeSantis just fight each other tooth and nail through the primary system and, and DeSantis looks you know it just damages them and then they have, don't have a chance of beating whoever runs uh, for the Democrats. If it's going to be Biden again or not. I don't know. But the House Republicans, boy, they said, well, we got we to gotta start investigating this Hunter Biden. <laughs> God damn. It'll just be Benghazi for them again. You know, they'll just do a lot of investigating. Nothing will happen. Uh, let's hope that's uh, not the same with the uh, January 6th stuff. Because... <laughs> Anyway. Got a movie recommendation for you. How much time have I got? I've got time. Uh, This movie recommendation, if you have the Roku thing on the Roku channel, there's this uh, new film that came out called Weird, the Al Yankovic story. Uh, It's excellent. It's hilarious. It's very funny. I laughed throughout that. My wife and I watched it. We laughed throughout the whole film. It, it's entertaining, and it's 100% true. Absolutely everything shown is dead set accurate on what really happened. It is 100% true. You have to know that going in. I mean, Weird Al himself uh, introduces the film and, and, and stresses that everything in that movie is 100% true. So... You know, bear that in mind when you watch it. I, this movie, it's got a bunch of people in it 
that maybe the names aren't recognizable for uh, for some of you, but it's got uh, it's uh, let's see, it's got Quentin Brinson. She plays Oprah Winfrey. There's uh, Lin Manuel Miranda, the uh, Hamilton guy. He has an appearance in it. Will Forte shows up. Uh, Evan Rachel Ward has a big part in there. She plays Madonna. Uh, Madonna does not come across very good in this one. Uh, you know, she's uh, well, you know. She's Madonna. But again, 100% true. Uh, there's uh, Scott Ackerman. May not be a big name, but uh, he's comedy bang bang. He's with Mr. Shows when we first started noticing him. Uh, he's he's in there. Uh, there's Tom Lennon. Uh, again, maybe not somebody that is a name that you re- uh, that you recognize, but he's been in all kinds of stuff. He was uh, one of the one of the minds and people acting in uh, uh, one of the minds behind Reno 911 and and that that kind of stuff. But he's been in all sorts of of movies with short with small roles or whatever. It's just you know he's just he's a really funny guy. Uh, Weird Al himself is in there. Yeah, he's in the movie. Conan O'Brien shows up. Um, Paul F. Tompkins, again, maybe not a name that's way up on the list of well-known people, but he comes from Mr. Show, and he's done all kinds of really neat stuff. Uh, he's very funny. Emo Phillips shows up in there. Josh Groban has a cameo. Uh, let's see who else. Uh, Jack Black. And Rain Wilson. Rain Wilson plays Dr. Demento. He's perfect. <laughs> Almost looks, looks very much like him, but he's perfect. A perfect casting for... Uh, Dr. Demento. And it's just great. And Daniel Radcliffe, Harry Potter, plays Al Yankovic. And he's he's really good. Now, I think, uh, I don't think he actually sings the songs. I think it's Weird Al singing them. Because uh, it really sounds like Weird Al. And that's fine. It doesn't have to be Daniel singing the song. I know there's this whole trend in musicals now where the actors have to be the singers who sing the songs. It's like in the old days, in the, you know, like My Fair Lady, Audrey Hepburn was not singing the songs. It was Julie Andrews singing the songs that that Audrey Hepburn's character would sing in the movie. But and they did that all the time. They had somebody else do the singing. I have to take a sip because it's so dry down here. <clears throat> Hang on. Mmm, the pause that refreshes, except I'm not drinking Coca-Cola. <clears throat> Sorry about that, but it's just... Uh, I, I, if I did this with a lozenge in my mouth, I don't know if it'd sound right. So, But I don't know. Is that better than uh, coughing? I, <laughs> I don't know. It's As I said, it's really, really funny. Uh, it's, it's just thoroughly entertaining. And again, it's 100% true. And I think one of the most surprising aspects of it is Daniel Radcliffe, when he wasn't busy being Harry Potter or dealing with his alcoholism, which I did not know that he had a problem with alcohol, but uh, I found out that he did. Uh, he, the pressures of being Harry Potter, I guess, got to him. And while he, was, he, he turned to the bottle and he had some problems, he seems to have been sober for a while now. But... Uh, Daniel Radcliffe is ripped. I mean, that guy, he's been working out. <laughs> I just look at it. Jesus, look at this guy. I mean, he's not Arnold Schwarzenegger, but he's got, <coughs> he's just, I, I mean, I, it was surprising. Uh, there's a there's a point in, well, I, I'm not, I don't want to give away anything about the movie, other than 
It is 100% true. All right, so that you watch that. Now, I, as long as I'm talking about movies. Uh, sometimes, uh, or at least recently anyway, I've picked up uh, my son Hayden uh, his, uh, from, his, you know, from his art school. I pick him up at night. And uh, um, it's very near an old uh, a used record store. Uh, and it, they've got videos and, all, and books and posters and stuff there, too. And um, they, it's just, it's called Cheapos. I don't know if it's just in the Twin Cities or if they have any other places around the country. But, you know, it's a used record store, essentially. And uh, Hayden, he just said, well, can you meet me over there? Because this parking lot's kind of full at the school and I'll just walk on down to Cheapos. So, yeah, we did that. And then so he's, we're in there and I look around and I find some DVDs and Blu-rays. Uh, so, oh. These are movies worth getting, so I picked up three of them, and they're relatively inexpensive. And then uh, 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 that was uh, like Thursday night. Then Friday, <laughs> it was the same kind of thing. Uh, uh, can you meet me over at, uh, uh, pick me up over at Cheapo? No, it was, Wednesday was at Cheapo. Thursday was at Cheapo as well, picking him up. And he said, can you, can you pick me up there? And so I did, and uh, um, the second night in a row, <laughs> then I, I saw this other movie. And I thought, oh, I'll get this. It was the Poseidon Adventure from 1972. You know that when they had that run of disaster movies, where you know it's a something. Ha you get all these setup stories about the inner, you know, the conflicts between the main characters or what's going on in their lives. We start to realize what's happening there, and then that somehow that resolves through the disaster or you know whatever. Just you know, given some character development, and uh, and it's it's. It's it's much more god heavy than my favorite of the disaster films, The Towering Inferno. The Towering Inferno isn't all about God, <laughs> and Poseidon Adventure isn't all about God either. But it's it God would have to be part of it because the main character, played by Gene Hackman, is a preacher. He's a very progressive pre preacher. He gives a there's a there's a sermon uh, given on this cruise on the on the on the Poseidon, which do they do that? Do they have church services on, 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 on cruises? Do they do that? But anyway, so this is the last uh, uh, cruise the la uh, of the of the Poseidon. It's an older ship. It's uh, you know it's their last go, and before it gets uh, you know taken apart or whatever, and it's being pushed a little past its abilities, and there's this massive. Uh, wave that comes and capsizes the ship on just after midnight, when everybody was celebrating New Year's, it, it gets turned over and uh, yeah, so now it's floating upside down, and the preacher, who had given this rather progressive uh, uh, sermon about don't pray to God to ask Him for help, that kind of thing. God helps those who help themselves, or whatever that bullshit is. Oh, you mean you just do it on your own? And you just add this non, uh, this unnecessary part of God helping you, right? He's, I just I, I did this on my own, or maybe with the help of some friends, family, that kind, of, you know, with people, with real help, uh, I was able to achieve whatever goal I was trying to achieve. I didn't, you know, but I'm just going to add this layer that God helped me out too. It's just, it's not necessary. It's just this why. It just seems like you took care of this on your own. May, yes, with some help from friends and, and colleagues and family and that. Sure. 
but you know why 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 bring God into it anyway he's that's kind of the preaching he was doing I thought there was a nice point made in there because he was being the guest uh, sermonizer uh, for this little service uh, of a of a Catholic priest and uh, and and at some point after the disaster takes place uh, the the preacher asked the the, the priest what he thought of his of his sermon and, and the priest said to him you know you only preach to the strong you know we need to reach the weak yeah that kind of thing so anyway <clears throat> the preacher then he it just, it's just it just happens to be for the most part the people that were sitting at his at the captain's table on New Year's that becomes the group that is searching you know going through to to find their way uh, to safety, which is to go, you know, to the bottom of the ship, which is now up on the top, uh, because it's turned over, and they, he's determined that they have to go to the stern. There's no reasoning behind having to go to the stern. It's just, we need to go to the stern. That's where we need to go uh, to get up there, because the bow is underwater, which, how, how do you know the bow's underwater? You just saying so? Which leads me to one of these. And now it's time for a Dimland Radio pedantic moment. Yeah, this ought to be good. See, what it is, is that, I mean, if the bow was beneath, wa- beneath the water, and the stern is above the water, <clears throat> there would be an easy way to tell. When you head toward the stern, you're going on an upslope. When you're heading toward the bow, you're going on a downslope. I mean, he'd be able to say that. Look, we've been heading toward the stern. We've been going up. The, the, the ceiling that we're walking on is angling up. We're, we're in an upward direction. That other group of people that we came past that was heading toward the bow, they were going down. He's, but no, they don't bring that up. It's just he believes that this is right. This is the way we gotta go. So they get up there, and uh, <clears throat> uh, you know some of the people in the group die. Uh, Shelley Winters uh, plays this uh, old Jewish lady, and her husband is, is uh, played by Jack Albertson. And they're you know kind of she's I don't know she's kind of the matchmaker type, or, or just she's so concerned about red buttons. Who plays this guy who's a confirmed bachelor, and he says he's just he's just lonely. He needs someone, and you know that kind of thing. And 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 and, and red buttons. He's you know that that character's named James something. He's walking around the deck doing this. He's in his sweat pants and sweatshirt, and he's he's got his, his his tennis shoes on, and he's he's doing speed walking around there, and he's walking like a complete moron. <laughs> it's like why are you walking like that? It's, 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 it's all tightened up. His arms are right next to him. You know, it's like he's punching the air right in front of him. And his shoulders go up and down. And his hips swing. And his legs are bull-legged. And he's walking. So why, I'm sorry. Why are you walking like that? <laughs> that that I, I, I don't know. It just looks wrong. Anyway, But I think it's play for last. So what are you going to do? And anyway, so they make it up. Some of them make it to, you know, to, the, to the stern. Uh, uh, I'll spoil it for you. The preacher doesn't. The preacher's very upset because of certain people who had died there. And he starts yelling at God. And I imagine that that's what believers think atheists, that, you know, how, how that preacher will become an atheist because he got mad at God. But atheists aren't mad at God. 
You know, it's like, I just saw this meme saying, you know, it's like atheists are mad at God. Oh, the way the bachelor is mad at his, at his wife? Uh, <laughs> yes, it's like, the bachelor, he's not married. The guy's not married. He can't be mad at his wife. He doesn't have a wife. You know, it, we don't, we're not mad at God. But, okay, I imagine that's what they, oh, he got mad at God because of these beautiful people that had to die because of why. You know, why did you do this? You know, that's, yeah. And it start, It also stars Ernest Borgnine, and that dude has some arms on him. There's a shot at which he's pulling himself up a ladder from under the water. My goodness, the man had some arms. <laughs> it's, he was strong. Uh, let's see, who else is in it? Uh, Stella Stevens, uh, Carol Lindley, and Pamela Sue Martin are the eye candy to watch. I mean, uh, Stella Stevens, she plays a former street, uh, sex worker who married... The uh, uh, Borgnine character, who's who's a, who's a cop, uh, they got they got married, and and then there's there's you know, Carol Lindley who plays the singer uh, of this little band that was entertaining the people there, and and Pamela Sue Martin plays this seventeen uh, uh, year old who's taking care of her brother on this trip uh, uh, to to go to meet up with their parents whatever on this thing, and I kind of felt uh, <clears throat> now this is gonna be my dirty old man. Uh, aspect part of the show. Uh, I kind of felt a little, uh, geez, I don't know, should I be looking at Pamela Smurton? No, let's look at Stella Stevens and Carol Lindley. They're both adults. I'm, they're, I'm sure they're and I, it's, it's, I shouldn't be, you know, I shouldn't be, and then I found out, that I, I looked it up, and it's oh, Pamela Smurton was 19 when she made this. Okay, fine, I can look at her. <laughs> I know, I know. It's a disgusting, terrible thing. <sighs> anyway, they they are correct. They get to the stern, where at that point the the thickness of the hull is is just one inch. All the rest of the way is two inches, right? So, uh, and they get they get rescued and they take them out. It's real quick. There's a helicopter. Rescue helicopter is has landed on the capsized ship, and I just looked at it. I don't think they're going to do that. Good night. Uh, Doctor. Good night, Frau Blucher. Okay, that's the end of another Dimland Radio here on Z Talk Radio Network. Uh, uh, I'm your host, Jim Doctor Dimfit Simmons. Look, you know, be skeptical and extraordinary claims require extraordinary evidence. I'll let you know how my foot does uh, whenever I see the doctor. Uh, and I'm also reminding you all to sleep till the lights up. check out my show notes at dimland.com. Just click on the blog option and you can email your questions and comments to drdim at dimland.com. That's D-R-D-I-M at dimland.com. And the opening theme song, Ram, is by the Yolius and is used with permission.
This has been a production of the Z-Talk Radio Network. And now, a message to our competitors. Thanks. Thanks for tuning us in. Well, I'm going to hell.